Here we go again, folks. The same people that brought you Event 201 have recently engaged in another tabletop exercise called Catastrophic Contagion. So let's, uh, let's, let's take a glimpse into the possible future, or futures, near futures, does that make sense, of our societies. But first, as always, welcome to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast commentary, comedy and conversation. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and any other fantastic thing that you can think of. Okay, let's go. Episode, what are we on now? 63 and Catastrophic Contagion is here. What is Catastrophic Contagion? Well, this is on the centerforhealthsecurity.org's website and it is a global challenge exercise. So as you'll probably remember, I'm sure you will, Event 201 happened around October 2019 and it was a tabletop exercise similar to this about how the world would handle a pandemic and of course a few short months later the world went into one of those pandemics and a lot of what was practiced at the time went into action and it was very very fishy to say the least. So now we have another tabletop exercise, Catastrophic Contagion which happened in October this year, October 23rd 2022 and it featured the John Hopkins Center for Health Security in partnership with the World Health Organization and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. All names familiar to us and involved in Event 201 as well. Now I think Event 201 also featured the World Economic Forum. I'm not sure if this one does. If it does, they're keeping it on the down low. The DL. So... Catastrophic Contagion, a pandemic tabletop exercise at the Grand Challenges Annual Meeting in Brussels, Belgium. So on their website, Centre for Health Security, it says, The extraordinary group of participants consisted of 10 current and former health ministers and senior public health officials from uh, various African countries and also countries like Singapore, India and Germany, as well as Bill Gates, co-chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, so old, old Billy G., He was there. Uh, The exercise simulated a series of World Health Organization Emergency Health Advisory Board meetings addressing a fictional pandemic set in the near future. Participants grappled with how to respond to an epidemic located in one part of the world that then spread rapidly, becoming a a pandemic with a higher fatality rate than the Voldemort virus and disproportionately affecting children and young people. Participants were challenged to make urgent policy decisions with limited information in the face of uncertainty. Each problem and choice had serious health, economic and social ramifications. Yeah, because that all went so swimmingly well last time. What's chilling about this is that we're now going to practice a pandemic that's disproportionately affecting children and young people. That doesn't raise the the hairs on the back of your neck, then, wow... You are unscarable, people. Or you just have faith in God. And good for you if that's the case. Good for you. Now, it says here on their website, lessons from the exercise. Leaders must prepare now to make difficult, critically important decisions with limited information in the early days of the next pandemic 
in order to increase the chances that a dangerous outbreak can be contained at the source. You know, it's very interesting. I remember a time when they were going, this is just a once in a 100 year pandemic. It's like the Spanish flu, although we're not supposed to say that because it's racist, apparently. The once in 100 year pandemic is just now becoming very, very common, isn't it? Are you going to use the same line when the next one hits? We're just all constantly being gaslit. Uh, It says, in the early days of a major new contagious disease, there could be a brief window of opportunity to stop it from becoming a pandemic. Wow. I I think that there's people in the world that don't want to stop. I think, well, I'm certain there's people in the world that don't want to stop certain things becoming pandemics for, well, Malthusian reasons and economic reasons and power reasons. There's a lot of reasons why. There's people out there that won't want to stop these types of things. And you could certainly argue whether these things were manufactured in the first place. To successfully contain such an outbreak, decisive and bold action would need to be taken in the face of incomplete data. Or like locking people down, not letting them leave their homes and, you know, arresting people for not wearing masks and kicking them out of their jobs for not taking medicines. That was pretty bold, wasn't it? What, what, do, you got, what do you got planned next? It says, um, so bold action would need to be taken in the face of incomplete data, high scientific uncertainty, and potential political resistance. Hmm, that's, that's an interesting phrase. Potential political resistance and bold action needs to be taken. What against that, I guess, is what they're implying. Thinking through such challenges, preparing in advance to react effectively, and practicing through both high-level tabletop and operational exercises should start. Now, it says it may seem like these critical policy decisions have been resolved during the Voldemort virus pandemic, but they have not. (laughs) In In the catastrophic contagion simulation, even a group of some of the wisest and most experienced international public health leaders who lived through the Voldemort virus wrestled with opposing views on whether countries should impose travel restrictions or close schools to try to contain a serious new epidemic that was disproportionately affecting children. Isn't there um, the respiratory virus currently going around that's disproportionately affecting children and the elderly? The Is it called RSV? I think it's RSV. Um, people don't seem to really care about that. It's it's not all over the news. When I say people, I mean our, our elites, our better-thans, those dictating how we can live our lives. Um, if they affect predominantly children, would or should countries take different, stronger, earlier measures to contain it? And what are those measures? So you can read the rest of this on their website, centreforhealthsecurity.org, and go to lessons from the exercise, but I will just point out that it says um, uh, countries should prioritise efforts to increase trust in government and public health. (laughs) Oh dear. Improve public health communication efforts, increase the resiliency of populations to misleading information, mis- and disinformation, here we go again, and reduce the spread of harmful misinformation says in future pandemics we should continue to expect even more major disruptions from misinformation and disinformation coming from who the who you billy uh, governments where we're going to be allowed to question at this time or are you going to slander and smear certain drugs that have been used off label that were some of the most widely used drugs that we have medicines that we have one of them curing river blindness in africa that won an award, and it's been used millions and millions and millions of times, but we'll smear it as horse medicine anyway. 
where? Where's going to be the mis and disinformation? It's going to be uh, us plebs on social media. It's going to be cracked down on again. It says countries need to collaborate to anticipate that threat and prepare to combat it. So you know where this is all going. And at the end of this, it says it is clear from catastrophic from catastrophic contagion that even after the terrible impact of the Voldemort virus, more preparedness work needs to be done. New decisions need to be made and additional resources committed. We need to expand the limits of our ability to respond. That means handing over power to non-elected officials, as we know. And when a tabletop exercise like this, like Event 201, is now being run again by Johns Hopkins and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, etc., I think we can rightly look at it and, and be concerned. Even though it says this is an annual thing, that they run these types of events. Um, we, what happened over the last three years, I think, has opened a lot of eyes. And and I didn't see this catastrophic contagion event in any of the mainstream media outlets. None of them. I wonder why. Now, I, what I'll do is I'll just play you one of their short videos so you can, you can hear what they're going on about. So, here we go. Breaking Officials news. in two Latin American countries alerted the WHO of several outbreaks of a new infectious disease that's mysteriously appearing across the region. Severe Epidemic Enterovirus Respiratory Syndrome 2025. Over the past six weeks alone, there have been 500 confirmed or suspected cases reported. The virus could cause a severe pandemic if early containment and mitigation efforts are not successful. The pandemic in this type of situation and trend would be a risk for the global health security. Pandemics are inherently political, financial, and so much broader. At this stage, communication is key, and communication should include not just scientists with data, but also social, religious, and political leaders. Trust. This is an essential issue, and trust was broken among countries, between populations and healthcare systems, between healthcare systems and governments. I'm very sorry to say that in uh, 2025, we need to strengthen the health system. WHO needs to be a voice for the voiceless. No one is safe until all of us are safe. As of today, there have been an estimated 1 billion cases worldwide, with more than 20 million deaths, including nearly 15 million children. Countless millions are alive, but left with paralysis or brain damage. The most successful countries are those which invested in preparedness and trained for this moment years in advance. This included having full-time pandemic preparedness and response teams, which conducted detailed operational planning and routinely tested those plans through exercises and drills. If more countries had participated and heeded the guidance, the toll might have been much less. There we go. That's basically the same type of thing as Event 201 where they had fictional news broadcasts and using a fictional situation. Uh, in this case, the disease was SEERS, S-E-E-R-S, Severe Epidemic Enterovirus uh, Respiratory Syndrome 2025. Mm, 2025. So that's a 
a year to, uh, to keep in the back of your the old brain there. I also find it very interesting that it's called Sears. Let's, uh, let's look up the definition of Sears, shall we? A person who is supposed to be able, through supernatural insight, to see what the future holds. Hmm, there's a lot we could be reading into this name of this fictional disease and tabletop event, isn't there? Sears. Right. Leaving it there for today. This has been another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. Commentary, comedy and conversation. Please remember to like, share, subscribe and comment and I will talk to you again in the next one.